always remember, kids, your teaching Mrs. Tingle might not turn out to be your scream. And your scream could have been your teaching Mrs. Tingle all along. It's meta-commentary in the Scream series this week on Why Do You Know That? to Why Do You Know That, the podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I ran a marathon two <gasps> weeks ago. Congratulations. Yeah, I went to Michigan. Thank you. Thank you for feigning surprise for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I did know you had run a marathon before because I, yeah. we follow each other yeah, on the yeah, socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we speak. And... <laughs> We speak as friends. And we hang out. We're candid with each other. Right. You'd know. Uh, but I went home and edited it in Michigan. It was my brother's first marathon. So it was like a bonding kind of, you know. Do you feel closer to him now that you've both done this running thing? You know, when I left, this I did feel. Thing, yeah, this running thing, Jesus. This marathon. Um, when I left, I did feel, feel very much like, oh, man, this is like a thing that we have. Like, this is bonding, you know, because normally there's other family around or his kids around. It was just us. Um, but I mean. You know, two days later, we're just right back in the same old brother habit of, like, whatever. I guess I'll text him one day. <laughs> sure, exactly. Was yeah. it super cold for this run? Oh, it was perfect. It was in the 60s. It was sunny. I am very impressed every time that you run a marathon because I am an awful runner. It doesn't take... I, mean, I shouldn't say it doesn't take that much. It does take a lot. But it only takes... It's a time commitment. Anybody can complete a marathon because people walk people jog people walk and run my mom used to walk them so anybody can do it the problem is you just have to commit to being like well it's a saturday afternoon no sorry saturday morning guess i'm gonna go be outside doing this thing that's not fun for hours (laughs) that's it anybody can do it you just have to be a fucking idiot (laughs) anyway you know who has to run a lot? Yeah. Is the victim of a... A different kind of, of horror a, show. Of a horror movie, yeah. <laughs> if a killer's chasing you, then you're going to be running with a lot of adrenaline. You know what? That sounds a lot like our topic today. Does it? Kind oh, of. Oh, what Is a, that the Segler going on? That's the Segler going on. That's the Segler. We're changing subjects. Let me introduce our guest. She's a writer, producer, and host of Best of Friends Pod. Please welcome Erin Mallory Long. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I would like to say that I have run one half marathon. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. It was a Star Wars-themed Disney marathon. Oh, those are fun. In Disney World, it was yeah. super fun. But at the end of it, I was like, man, I would rather die than do this one more time to complete a Fair. full marathon. So I was like, I don't, I literally physically don't understand how people do a full marathon. I don't like that. That's like a horror show. I don't like that. Ooh, there we go. We got back to our topic. (laughs) I'm trying. I was like, it's like, you know, when you go to a haunted house and you have to sign that thing that says you can't touch them. (laughs) How do we get back on track? Because really all I wanted to do was drop that I've run a half marathon. (laughs) Yeah, no, important. I'm glad. I was like, I need to go back to that topic, actually. Today we're going to be talking about the meta horror commentary of the Scream franchise. It makes it sound so much more um, fancy than what I think of when I'm like, I just love Scream. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's a deliberately uh, pretentiously academic title. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. It makes me feel like I'm giving a TED Talk that I'm unqualified for. (laughs) Like, it makes me feel like I'm like, welcome to my speech. (laughs) Like, 
here's what we're getting into. It is a well-written and directed film, so I feel to like have discussions about Scream. Now, if you were like, I want to talk about how important urban legend is to the, you know, <laughs> to the nation, <laughs> that'd be different. But I feel like to have like a scholarly discussion on Scream is yeah, apt pupil. Like to be proud of, yeah. <laughs> Apt pupil? No. <laughs> no. Scream? Yes. Scream, yes. Before we get too deep into it, Aaron, why do you know that? Um, I think just because I like, I love um, references. Like, I, and this is very unique about me, uh, grew up watching The Simpsons and, um, <clears throat> like, that's a joke. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to be obsessed with telling my parents, asking my parents why they were laughing at something. Like, I wanted to know the reference to everything that they were, like, reacting to. So that's how I learned about The Shining and learned about, like... The Shining. Yeah, and Citizen Kane and, like, all these other things was from references in Simpsons. So I feel like when I finally saw Scream, I was like, oh, okay, they're making references to stuff. If I pay attention to this, I'm smart. Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of like... Those that that idea that like meta ness is like what I gravitate towards in a lot of media that I consume. <laughs> Are you a big horror fan in general? Not really. That's the thing. Like I tend to be um, mostly a scaredy cat. Like I do remember. I remember watching. <laughs> Candyman with my friends like very young like way too young and being like it's not scary but then like I wouldn't leave the room that we were all in to like do anything because I was like too afraid of everything <laughs> like it just really freaked me out and I felt like Scream the first time I saw it scared me but I was able to be like oh this is also really funny like yeah. and I was able to kind of like get past so it's why it's the franchise I like so much like I like the entire franchise and I like it so much because like it's mostly just comedy <laughs> it is it's very funny <laughs> you and know? I think if they would have had a different director than Wes Craven it probably would have been more of a comedy yes totally totally um yeah has Steve where are you on the horror like are you a big horror fan well, I, was, uh, I was telling you guys before we started that like I need to sit on my hands for this podcast so that I don't take it over because this is so far up my alley um oh yeah i love horror movies i feel like scream was the first one like i always wanted to see horror movies but yeah. i was young and it wasn't allowed and then scream was as i was i was a teenager and that was the first one that i remember being allowed to rent and watching it and seeing scream 2 in theaters so like i remember all of the post scream ripoffs where it's like oh now we're going now everybody's aware they're in a horror movie <laughs> yeah, right um so yes i'm very well versed because i'm with aaron where i have historically been a huge scaredy cat but i am moving towards a more moderate scaredy oh. yeah specifically the last three to four years i have really decided to make an effort because Number one, I feel like it's this huge blind spot in my cinematic knowledge. The yeah. idea that like, oh, I don't like horror just because I'm scared. Like that's that's not, it, just try it. You know that it's fake. It, even if it scares you in the moment, you know that it's not actually going to happen. Right. Uh, and two, just the idea of like, you know what? Like, yeah, yeah, horror has like such a specific place in our society like the entire month of halloween has just been blown out of proportion at this point because we love horror like it's the one time of year where it's like the celebration of it yeah. and then going like why am i denying myself the yeah. opportunity to participate in this just because you uh get scared at a couple of things so then right. i started watching classics and i started like moving my way through so that i would at least have a 
modicum of understanding and now i'm like i'm not a bu- i'm not a horror buff but i'm also no longer in the like ooh, too spooky <laughs> Uh, to the point where this year I went to Universal's Halloween Horror Nights mm. in early October, which is like a huge step for me because I hate being scared. And that whole purpose is give me money so I can scare you. Like that is the entire premise of this fucking thing. And I was just scared up the wazoo all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm living through this and it's fine. And now I feel alive again. Yeah, it's a communal, <laughs> it's a fun, like communal experience. Like I'm not going to go see... What was that? There was a very specific boring movie, but I can't remember what it was going to be. It was Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Postman? Post the post? Oh, the post. (laughs) I'm not going to go see the post in the theaters and like feel like I've bonded with a hundred other people. That's true. But if I go see like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, everybody's yelling, everybody's like laughing and having fun and you just feel like it's more of a experience that you share with people and it's it's primal you're feeling yeah. something very primal whereas with the post which i've never seen and <laughs> promise you never will i see but you don't understand you could feel that communal bond about the uncovering of the pentagon papers <laughs> yeah. never knew that's what the post was about till just now <laughs> well yeah i think that's a, i think that's why scream works so well because i think horror and comedy are just right there yeah. next to each other, you know? Like, because you feel the same way when you see, like, a great comedy, like, mm-hmm. opening weekend with everyone, and you're just like, oh, my God, we're sharing this, oh, this yeah. journey together as humans, you know? Absolutely. And I think that there's not that many dramas that can create the same kind of experience. It has right. to be a, con- a drama with enough comedic elements or enough thriller horror elements or enough other thing but there's no part of me that's going like oh that indie drama where a family all hangs out in a hospital for two hours or something (laughs) of that nature that's not a real movie i'm making it up like that's the kind of thing where i'm like uh that just feels like something that i can experience at home which feels very insulting to the the imaginary filmmaker i've created in my head who's mad at me now but honestly it's like no, I, that's not a thing that I feel like I'm going to really like be grouping on the edge of my seat right. or, or joining in with others about. Right, because yeah. you can't like cry loud enough for like everyone to be mm-hmm. like bonding about crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you, you, or you true. can't be like depressed and like sad watching something and be like, hey, are we all depressed here? Like yeah. to everyone in but, the audience. But like when you leave bridesmaids, everyone can be like, yes. oh my God, remember when they were shitting at the dress store? Exactly. Yeah. But you can't leave August Osage County and be like, remember that really important dinner? <laughs> I like how it's only Meryl Streep movies. <laughs> Did you see Scream in theaters? No. Have you I, ever seen Scream in theaters? No, I haven't actually. I I was too young. I was too young to see Scream 3 in theaters, but I was dating someone who was old enough. And so my friend and I like snuck in with his friends who were 18 and like we were 15 to like go see Scream 3 and it was a very stressful experience because I'm also not just a scary cat. I'm also afraid of breaking rules of oh, any that, kind. That adds because uh, <laughs> I snuck into, I snuck into two and three, and I saw one on video, and I know that feeling. I haven't thought about that feeling in so long, but that feeling of I'm scared in a movie, yep, and I'm scared of getting caught yes. at the same time. Yes, and sitting in the movie theater does not. You don't feel better. You don't feel like they they're not going to find no. you. You're still thinking like. And now you look back as an adult and think like, as if the theater attendants are going to go in with a flashlight and be like, all right, who's in here? And like recheck everyone's IDs. Speaking (laughs) as my first job was at the AMC 20 in Fullerton, shout out to the AMC 20 in Fullerton. (laughs) And like speaking as the person who had to go in and check on stuff, the 
only time I think I ever paused anything was when it was like very, very, very obvious that <laughs> like they they were about to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like they were on top of each other. And I think I like took a flashlight and kind of flashed it out them. And I'm like, listen, you want to get an HJ in a theater? I'm not going to stop totally. you. As long as it doesn't, you know. Yeah, you're like yeah. the as RA. As, yeah, yeah, as long as fluids don't leak. Yeah. Don't get anything anywhere. But, but there are children in this showing of like Lilo and Stitch or whatever it was. Like go anywhere else to fuck. Literally. 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 Do not fuck on these seats. You can't. Do also not. gross. Yes. I mean, it's just it's gross, gross and for you can, everyone. You can't undo that. If you get a hand job in yep. the theater during Lilo and Stitch for the rest of your life yep. you got a hand job during Lilo and Stitch but totally. even that I feel like I would see couples making out and I'd just be like whatever you know I was like we bought our tickets like I shouldn't have been stressed about it like we paid for tickets yeah. I just was underage yeah. to see the movie and <laughs> and when you're underage like you think that the 21 year old ticket taker cares about nothing more than making sure that 15 year olds aren't seeing Scream 3 totally totally I was like I'm sorry I just like really love Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox yeah. like please let me in I mean have you seen Courtney Cox's bangs do not take this from me like please let me see them in real life I need to see her scream three bangs on the big screen so let's dive into the original first yes. and kind of run through these four in the franchise so would you mind giving like a really quick plot summary of the first screen what I was just gonna be like we open on <laughs> um, Ex- exterior <laughs> farmhouse <laughs> We see Drew Barrymore in a weird wig. <laughs> um, no, the, I I do think that's important, though. The opening to the first scream is very, very, very important. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, you know, I wasn't I wasn't of the time to know that Drew Barrymore was this huge star and this was this twist. Mm-hmm. I just like saw the movie and then was like, whoa, that's crazy that she like left. Like, I didn't remember the marketing was like (laughs) Drew Barrymore's in this new movie. Um, But basically, um, kids start dying at um, a high school. And then we meet Nev Campbell, who has a scary boyfriend who slips in her window. Uh, (laughs) It's very 90s is what I like about Scream. Um, But we basically find out that like kids keep dying. It's this ghost face mask. Um like the scream painting, like killer and everyone, the whole town just kind of like goes into a panic and like, doesn't know what's going on. And then we eventually figure out that like Nev Campbell is at the center of it all. And she's had this horrible tragedy with her mom being murdered a year before, which is like, yikes girl, you got to get out yeah. of high school. I think, um, <laughs> You gotta move. You gotta move. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I also was kind of like, it's crazy that her dad goes out of town. Like, if at any point my mom got brutally murdered and then I was living with my dad and he was like, I'm going out of town though. You cool here? The anniversary weekend. <laughs> the anniversary weekend. I'd be like, fuck you. No, <laughs> you're staying Very here. This business is crazy. Um, and uh, wait, the plot of Scream? Okay. And. Um, <laughs> Like, all I want to do is talk about Scream. Um, and then it's just kind of, we're, we're going through, you know, the whole thing of the murders and trying to figure out what's going on. And, um, you know, Courtney Cox is there as Gail Weathers, the best news reporter in my life. Um, and at the end, we we figure, find out that it's um, Nev Campbell's boyfriend, Skeet Ulrich, and Matthew Lillard, who are the killers, and, and have also killed her mom. So it's just like, 
it's really good start of like this whole series and like start of Nev Campbell being the best final girl like in the world. What exactly makes that first scream satire? I mean, the whole time we're like the very opening scene with Drew Barrymore, like the the killer on the end of the line. So it's a, it's a series of phone calls and it's like a scary voice, you know, and which has now become this whole other thing like that has offshot into this like whole thing. But so he literally gets into a like horror movie competition with her of like talking about other horror movies. And so they're they the movie is just constantly referencing every other horror movie that's like ever existed. Some of which actually directed by Wes Craven, you know, um, like the entire time, right from the jump. And so it's this thing where you're like, you're watching and you're like, Oh my God, this is so scary. Oh, they're like referencing that they're in horror movies. Oh, interesting. But then it's like still everybody in that scene dies, you know, like it's still like a horrible murder of like, (laughs) like Casey's boyfriend and Casey herself. Um, and stuff. And, uh, actually, so I used to have a cat named Ace and <laughs> the, when her mom finds her, when she like comes and picks up the phone and she can hear Casey on the other end of the line, like, like being killed, basically the mom goes, Casey, baby. And I used to always say oh. that to my cat Ace. <laughs> I would just always Ace. be like, Acey, baby, baby. <sighs> which is very sad. <laughs> No, it's perfect. Just a very sad thing. It's perfect. Um, but, you know, there's there's even... It's like we go as far as we have a character, Randy, who, like, is the horror movie expert. And he, like, sits there and he tells them, like, oh, well, now if we're dealing with this kind of killer, like, blah, blah, blah. And he appears throughout the series to do that, even reappearing on tape and screen three after he's been killed in the second one. Um, Like he comes back like, and has luckily left a tape of like, here's what happens if you're in a trilogy. So it's like the whole, from the start of the thing, he is like the expert of like, this is how you navigate a horror movie. This is like what's going on. Right. And stuff. So the whole thing is self-referential and the whole thing is, is referencing horror movies and then also being like a brutal horror movie, like yeah. a brutal slasher movie. Well, because there's this whole, the whole idea of like meta anything, right? Yeah. It's sort of like newish because it's this postmodern idea that work is self-aware and that it kind of subverts what the conventions that you're expecting, right? Yeah. By being self-aware, it's right. subverting it. Um, so the idea that they're going to subvert horror tropes um, and horror references was sort of new at the time. Yeah, it's like a movie where um, like people always say that zombie movies exist in universes where there are no, there's no one's ever thought of the concept of a zombie, yes. and yeah. I think Scream is the first scary movie where people are like, oh, we're in a scary movie. The killer yes. is killing us by the rules of a scary movie. We know the rules of scary movies. Yeah, um, and yeah. that you get to see like you see the town, and it gets worse and worse, but you see them progressively react to the phenomenon of a scary movie happening in real life and like wearing the costumes and like getting super into it the way that we do just about Halloween now like you see that happening in in the movie Mm -hmm. and it's like it it really when I go back and watch because I'm not a big classic horror movie person but I've now like I've since gone back and like watched Halloween I've watched Nightmare on Elm Street I like watched the first um uh, Friday the 13th and I was like huh so they just get killed like it's like there's That's not it. like you're just like 
Oh, oh. so it is a series of vignettes. <laughs> yeah, like really. And then I watched the second one this past Friday the thirteenth in September because I was like, well, let's see what the second one is like. And I was like, they're just getting killed too. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm like, there's just, no plot. It's like it's just, just death. It's just death. There's and no I was Jason like, until the second one. Yes. And there's no hockey mask until the third. And I only knew there was no Jason until the second one because of Scream. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, I didn't realize that. So I was like, oh, okay, so cool. I know his mom's the killer in the first one. Dope. Like, no problem. But it's just, it's wild because it's like, I, and I mean, I'm not trying to be like haughty about this or anything, but it's like. I don't I don't understand necessarily wanting to watch Friday the 13th but like scream I'm like I could watch that yeah. every day well they're like, smart and they're funny yeah uh speaking of satire uh Nadia the original title for scream was scary movie oh which ended up being the title of the scream parody, parody. right yes <laughs> but it was there, originally called scary movie and there's a huge distinction to make here because satire is very different from parody parody is like where you're taking things exactly as is and then just doing a spoof version of it right or satire is commenting on a genre the whole thing the thing is a whole satire is this like smarter yeah, yeah. it's yeah. way smarter yeah. parody yeah. is like easy yeah parody is very easy parody is easy um as far as like really getting into the the meta-ness of it because it's deliberately a commentary on sl- the slasher subgenre mm-hmm. what are sort of the hallmarks of slasher films that then get subverted in screen well it's like they even talk about it right like nev campbell is sitting there she's waiting to get picked up um by rose mcgowan by tatum i'll try to use character names it's very difficult for me um She's waiting to get picked up by Tatum and she's like in her house and she's getting nervous. They've they've found out about the other murders and then she's on the phone with the killer who she thinks is just her friend Randy like playing a trick on her and she says like, oh, horror movies are stupid. The girl's always running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door and then literally the killer is in her house, comes in and she immediately runs up the stairs. Like, and so it's just like, it's, it's, it's that direct sometimes mm-hmm. yeah like it's like oh this is the thing that they do in horror movies that's stupid and now i'm doing it right now in real time but it's scary because i'm gonna yeah get same killed. with that when tatum's in the garage she says like oh are we playing psycho yeah. killer <laughs> yeah please don't kill me i want to be in the sequel like they're talking and joking <laughs> yes. like they are in a scary movie yes yeah exactly or when uh when nev campbell said when sydney says um oh they'll probably get tori spelling to play me in the yeah. movie <laughs> yeah and then they do when they do the stab movies. <laughs> they also, yeah, like you pointed out before, Randy, who's played by Jamie yeah. Kennedy. and It's so 90s. <laughs> yes. Honestly, we can just... The cast of all these movies, it's like, wow, you guys... You guys knew who was going to like. Yes. You guys knew. <laughs> really who would break out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am honestly fine with using uh, the actors' <laughs> names for this because they're all, you know, very standard names. Uh, it's are. not like it's... Well, like you accept Tatum. You said a little bit at the beginning, but that was a huge subversion. Was like Drew Barrymore. The poster yes. for Scream is Drew Barrymore's face <laughs> with a hand over it. Right. The preview show. She's the biggest name. So like everybody went to movie theaters thinking because now the it's just kind of known like oh a slasher movie is probably going to start with that opening right. kind of thing. But that was because like it's like oh who's going to be the Drew Barrymore of this movie? Because like that was a huge thing of people in movie theaters thinking, and then she's dead in ten minutes. Right. So even right there, they're like, see, this is we're reminiscent of see, Psycho. Yeah, yes. there Janet we Lee go. gets killed halfway through the film, mm-hmm. and yeah. then you're like, what? What is the rest of the movie? <laughs> <if> the protagonist <laughs> is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here then? What I went to a party in eighth grade um, once 
I got invited to a cool kids party. I don't know why. And um, the the host of the party, who was like the popular girl, uh, acted out. We watched her act out the entire first scene of Scream. <laughs> okay, now see that is completely uncool. Yeah. So don't. It's weird that you think you were at the cool party. Yeah. Please, please don't think of these as the cool kids. They were though. Them. I want to know what well, kind of loser like, you were. I know. No, literally. No, it's like one of those things where like she had boobs, so it's like. Oh, oh sure. now I'm gonna make everyone do this, and all the guys are like, "Yeah, cool, this is hot." And I was like, "All right." I mean, I like Scream, but again. A, a, a large titted lady and that never happened to me i was i was perpetually uncool even though i was one of the early bloomers right. i was like maybe now nope, nope. <laughs> these things have brought me nothing but trouble it seems you really have to it seems like there might just be a very specific window of time that you need to bloom in yeah and yes. if it's before or after no yeah yeah Freak i think that's nature. what it is yeah i think i scared everybody's what happens <laughs> Uh, going back real quick to Randy, a.k.a. Jamie Kennedy. So he outlines in the speech. Do you know the speech? I mean, I don't know it by heart. Okay, no. I'll just read it here. It says, there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. Big no-no. <laughs> sex equals death. Number two, never drink or do drugs. The sin factor. And it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back because you won't be back. Um, where, how do you feel about these rules, where they land in other horror and how they get subverted in the screen movies? Well, yeah, I mean that the virgin thing I think is talked about a lot and in scream in particular, the, the whole plot line with skeet, who is the worst person, <laughs> um, is that like basically she won't fuck him, and she's like, my mom got brutally murdered, and he's like, so that was a year ago, like whatever, and she like flashes him, and so it's like the whole movie, she's like going back and forth, like thinking it's him and then not thinking it's him, and then like way at the end, she's like, he's been arrested for this, like <laughs> like brought in for questioning, and then at the end they do have sex, and so you're kind of like, oh no now she's gonna die like now she's in for but she survives and so it's like that's the that's i think the biggest one for me the one i always think about like oh at least she gets to have sex like like she doesn't have to be virginal this whole time right as opposed to other movies where the minute a character has sex or is doing anything even in something like jaws which is not really a horror film but like that thing opens with uh, two teens yeah. who are like totally fucking around or about to have sex and then she dies yeah. immediately gets eaten by that shark because she was gonna fuck in Friday the 13th part 2 two characters having sex get like killed like into each other yeah. like, like kebab <laughs> like kebab like as they're fucking oh my <laughs> so god it's like that movie is just gross <laughs> it's just it's just murder <laughs> You're like, what's happening? Everyone's just dying. The other two rules besides the virginal thing, you've got the drink or do drugs factor. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other films where... Oh, all of them. I mean, there's a book called Men... I think it's called Men, Women, and Chainsaws, and that's the book <laughs> that coined the term final girl. And basically, it was just this idea of, well, she's the uh, she's the good girl. Yeah. She did it. She abstained from sex. She abstained from the sin. That's how you get to the end. So I think like a lot of these rules just came from, you know, those earlier horror movies from the 80s just being like, like that. that's just how it always was, was, yeah, the, the virginal. Yeah. And as 
Jamie Kennedy is reading these rules like they're at a giant party where they're all drinking Mm -hmm. and stuff and so they're all like cheersing at that and stuff and like you know uh, Matthew Lillard or whatever is like I'll be right back (laughs) yeah they uh, um, later on here's a real real deep trivia for you Nadia Aaron might know it so I don't want I don't want to come into this knowing assuming what you know or don't know but there is a um, an ADR line where Courtney Cox she closes the door and leaves her cameraman in the in the van and her mouth lit clearly say stay in the van or something like that like it doesn't line up but what she says what you hear her say is I'll be right back (laughs) so they even went in and dubbed to make another character say I'll be right back just to like have more fun with those rules and she does come back she does but he's dead (laughs) see but that's another wonderful subversion Mm -hmm. yeah Um, what's interesting to me is that so we've got um Oh shit! What is his name? Williamson, the uh, script Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson, who and who's done, uh, who did a ton of movies and also Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I think <laughs> he's very uh, '90s centric. Yeah. He's synonymous he is. with uh, mm-hmm. the shit you saw in the '90s that you didn't realize would influence you well into your 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah and that's part of why I liked. That's part of why I like Scream too. Like Dawson's Creek came out when I was in eighth grade and it then became my favorite show. Right. And so then eighth grade is when everyone like went back and like rediscovered Scream. And I was like, oh, it's I get it. Like, I love this. And also you're watching Dawson's Creek and Dawson's Creek is the same setup. It's just a self-aware teen drama. Yeah. Like so which always confused me as a kid even when it was like, oh, Dawson's Creek is stupid. Like these kids talk too smart. And I'm like, I think that's part of the point, actually. Adult. Like, yeah, (laughs) I'm 13, but I'm pretty sure that's what he's commenting on. (laughs) There was a really funny tweet late recently about that, where it was like TV writers are writing for teens. This is a glittery bisexual high school drama. Real teens, virgins watching The Office on Netflix again. (laughs) 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 Which just feels it's been true since the beginning of time. But I think Kevin Williamson, uh, especially in the 90s, was the was the guy to write yeah. teen stuff. For sure. Uh, so when he sat down to write Scream, uh, it was inspired by a series of murders from the Ga- by the Gainesville Ripper. That was the news story that essentially inspired this and then inspired that big opening scene mm-hmm. with Drew Barrymore. And uh, once he expanded it... It's basically because teaching Mrs. Tingle was in development hell. Um, but then he he wrote this like very quickly, I think. And then or he either wrote this or teaching Mrs. Tingle very quickly. I think he wrote this very quickly. And um, there were two five page outlines for potential sequels. So he clearly like had been thinking of it as a franchise and realized that like nobody else was making a self a self referential horror film. That's actually something that's good to point out, and I. I want all of our listeners to listeners to be inspired by this. Kevin Williamson was sitting thinking teaching he was just waiting for his teaching <laughs> Mrs. Tingle train to come in. Yep. Seems like he put a lot of time and energy into uh teaching Mrs. Tingle and then in the meantime kind of popped out scream. And so I think everybody needs to be aware that what they think is their scream is really their teaching Mrs. Tingle uh-huh. and what they think is their teaching Mrs. Tingle is their scream. I've never That's heard a wiser words. Right? <laughs> that really is beautiful. Just, you know, so next time it's you guys beautiful. are like, oh, you know, no, no words, no, nothing's going with, you know, this thing I wrote. Maybe that's your teaching Mrs. Tingle. That's beautiful. And you had to get that out so you could get to your scream. Yeah. Nothing is going to be what you expect it to be. Yeah. So just go with the flow, man. Yeah. yeah. It's That's so lovely. Good. I was, that was good of me. <laughs> I was good. Um, 
And so apparently this was going to be like an impossible film to sell because it was just full of, you know, gore and violence. But yeah. then they brought on Wes Craven. Uh, and a lot of what gives Scream its uh, meta-ness apparently is the fact that Craven, who was a already a known horror director, the guy was apparently majored in English and psych at Wheaton College and then earned a master's in philosophy and writing at <laughs> John Hopkins and then was an English professor and then he went into movies. Wow. And then his film was Last House on the Left. That was like his breakout film, which is a film inspired by Ingmar Bergman's The Virgin Spring. So, like, he was already in on the horror train from early on yeah. and in, like, an academic way, right. if that makes sense. So he was already a guy who was ready to analyze, contextualize, and reference shit because his first big breakout film was a Swedish film. Shout out to Anna Salina's previous <laughs> guest who talked about this film. Everything's I coming full circle. It is. <laughs> um, but, like, Scream isn't really, like, overly artsy. It's not really pretentious. It's, like, really leaning into just the slashers of genre. Do you think that there's a world in which uh, it would benefit at all from having referenced, like, not being a remake of anything, of course, but, like, because it's an original script? I guess what I'm trying to get at is, do you think that Scream would benefit from a more academic approach or do you think that it's just perfect as is because the referencing it's doing is the right amount of referencing i think it's the right amount of referencing really like because i i think you i think even me not necessarily having that background knowledge of everything i know those tropes i knew the tropes of horror movies going into it and so i know just like when i'm watching the simpsons like i know what you're referencing and i can like be along with the joke but also like enjoy this movie that's just funny funny you know and stars everyone i love and want to be like i was just like (laughs) i was like very obsessed with nev campbell when i was in middle school so she's beautiful i really was on like every teen magazine at our age she was in everything and like she has a very particular way of speaking which yeah i actually love because emma roberts mimics it in scream four and they're like relatives and i are you talking about the way she'll pause like yes brain leaking my yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. my mother is dead yeah. <laughs> like yes it's exactly that and i used to and practice it, it all the, the mo- time yeah. it carries through all the movies it carries through party of five like that's just how she talks and i love it and was obsessed with it and i really do think i just rewatched scream four of course i watched all of them every year oh, but yeah. um I really think that Emma Roberts is doing it on purpose because she has a couple lines where she does it like that in that intonation and they're related, you know, and um, I really think that that's on purpose. And I was just like, we're not giving Emma Roberts enough credit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I agree. Like, this is great. I agree in that in that instance. <laughs> I really like Emma Roberts. Yeah. I think it's also partly because she's the only celebrity I ever get told I look like. Oh, I can see that. Thank you. And her <laughs> uncle is or her dad is Eric Roberts, yeah. brother of Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah. there's the there's the Hollywood royalty connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of like uh, the movies being scholarly or looked at from a scholarly standpoint, something that I feel I've always felt very passionately about. <laughs> no, uh, say that proudly. Say that into the mic. Don't whisper that. Say. I just I feel Scream along with Clueless are two 
excellent movies that will never get fully credited like they should because yes. it's a teen comedy yep. and a teen horror movie. Yep. One hundred because it's never... teens and girls, mm-hmm. and yep. you're yep. like, fuck that. No one cares about it, that. It doesn't yep. matter that yep. Scream is brilliantly commenting yep. on, on yes. teen horror movies and that Clueless is basically doing the same with well, Clueless doesn't really matter, but Clueless is just so well written. It's so good. It's such a good, it is a, such a solid script and acted so well. It's one of the best literary adaptations yeah. yes. of all time. Yeah. A thousand percent. It, it, it is, it per- perfectly encapsulates a time and era, but also feels like something that, uh, if it was updated correctly using the source material, like it, it, it feels timeless in yeah. its own way, yeah. even as mired yeah. as it is in the 90s. Yeah. And I think people, I think they both do get a lot of a lot more respect like nobody's gonna say that you know nobody's gonna compare clueless to like a can't hardly wait which i also love but like (laughs) i think that scream and clueless should be required in film classes totally agree with something like like i've had to watch the odessa step sequence of battleship potemkin (laughs) in so many film classes i've had to watch french connection so many times oh man and it's just like we should be watching scream and clueless and and more contemporary things also i think a lot of it just has to do with time and that in the next 10 to 20 years they will be a part of it because they will be when i'm teaching those yeah i think (laughs) i'd be curious what what film school is like now just because because like when i was in film school i remember like we watched like high fidelity in mm. a class because it was like hey study this or like talked about how how like perfectly structured legally blonde is you yeah. know and that kind of stuff so it's like we did we had some of that but i would be curious yeah if clueless and scream get that that yeah. sort of recognition uh one thing that I wanted to point out real quick is like when we think of meta movies in general, we think a lot about like maybe Charlie Kaufman's movies where mm-hmm. like adaptation uh, is a movie where he like writes himself into it. And then um, Nicolas Cage plays like two different versions. Of, it's nuts. It's like uh, or not two different versions. Of there's like Charlie and yeah. then there's like also Nicolas Cage playing like his his roommate, I think, or something. And like but the idea is that it's like a lot of meta maneuvering in that way in dramas and then you've got like something like um like 22 jump street which is also it's like a meta comedy mm-hmm. um do we feel like scream could not exist today because it like i think it was perfect for 1996 and like a perfect movie because uh irony and meta commentary in the 90s was really working and we needed that we needed a self-aware horror it hadn't been done before but do we feel like now it's sort of like either a meta and irony are done or b uh it's just something that's harder to do yeah i think it would have to it'd have to go to something else like it would have to be something else i do think that there is a weird i mean i don't want to like talk too much like scream is the best movie in the world but like that's what we're here for i do think that there's there is some sort of perfect storm going on of like the time period and like even the people in it the people making it like everything going on that i don't know i don't know that we could capture i just i think it would have to be it would have to be different now and you sort of see you sort of see things moving throughout the franchise like scream four like just came out i don't know well i guess it came out a long time ago at this point but you know 2011 something like that right so it's like see in my head i'm like was that 2016 i I have no idea like i have no concept of time (laughs) but in that one you know they they don't change the concept of the movie but they add in like 
and I'm live streaming the killer. And that's what like the new thing would be and stuff. And like, so they weave in like more like more like modern technology into this because also in Scream 1, like one of the scenes that I love is like, Son, why did you have a cellular phone? Yeah, yeah. They He's say, the suspect because he has a cell phone. They say cellular a lot. Yeah. yeah. It might be the number one thing said behind, like, scary. Yeah. And they talk yeah. about, like, um, cloning a cell phone, yes. which is just like, oh, just take the SIM card out. Yeah. And, like, put it yeah. in another phone. Yes. So it's like, you do kind of, you, you kind of get to watch it. You get to watch almost how a Scream movie would be in throughout this timeline already just through the franchise so it's like i don't know that we could like you'd have to do something like very different i think yeah like for nowadays yeah i think that well didn't they they made a scream tv show they did and a lot of it is things like ghostface text now yeah ghostface being the name of the villain it becomes very uh pretty little liars yeah but also it wasn't ghostface they didn't have that mask for the first two seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, it was yeah. just some other mask. Oh, but he what? texted. What? But he texted like a on Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was weird. Okay. And uh, Bella Thorne is the Drew Barrymore. Yeah, she dies in the first scene gotcha. <laughs> of the TV show. It does feel like meta is a thing that I don't know if it's necessarily just out of fashion, but I think the thing that makes it work for its time in the '90s is the fact that like when you think about meta now, like it feels like every iteration afterwards in the franchise, um, there's just like. Scream 2, Scream 3, Scream mm-hmm. 4 also kind of play on the same thing. Yeah. And it's, but the reference, as the references get updated, it's not a, what it feels like is it's just like an update on the tech. Like you said, yeah. like they're live streaming, they're texting, uh, the ghost face is going to have TikTok videos or some right. shit in the next <laughs> right. version. Like it doesn't feel like th- th- that to me is not the meta. Like that, that, that doesn't say anything about the horror genre. So no. therefore it feels yeah. like people are completely missing the message. I think now it would have to be right. Like we have so many like, um, I feel like we have really like, like, like psychological horror movies now. Mm-hmm. Like we have like Hereditary and Midsummer and stuff. Like we have these things that it's like, yeah, oh, they're more unsettling. Yeah, it's like, that's the thing. I just watched Midsummer for the first time on Halloween. And um, because I just missed it this summer. And I was like, missed summer. I missed it <laughs> in the midsummer when it came out. Um, And I just, I was like, oh, it's not like scary. It's like gross and disturbing and affecting. Whereas, like, Hereditary, I did think was scary, and I made someone tell me what was going to happen <laughs> so that I was prepared. <laughs> I do that for some... I do that for a lot of scary movies. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I'll enjoy this more if I know what's going to happen. Totally. I'll, 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 take the, I'll be on the journey to it. I really did. I won't have an anxiety attack wondering. Exactly. I, I had to do I that I really for, did. I was at Betsy's, and we watched the first Child's play, like, years ago. And oh. I was like, I'll feel better if I know if the mom from 7th Heaven lives. Totally. And then just I can tell sit, me. I can relax yeah. into this. Exactly. Yeah. Just let me know what's going on. I totally. think with meta, um, it's kind of like you can't really close that door and not be meta anymore. So it's kind of like going back to being meta or or doing more meta. It's kind of like, well, once Scream and other movies were like, oh, now in movies, mm-hmm. we talk about being yes. in movies. It's kind of hard to like, I, I feel it's just since the 90s, it's just been ingrained. I don't really know if there's a way to... Right, you can't, yeah, it's a snake eating its own tail at this yes. point, right. where uh, it's yeah. just difficult to And I think that's what happened with, I mean, we'll get to it, but I think 
that's why Scream 3 is my least favorite is because I feel that's where the snake's really eating its own tail. Oh, but interesting. Four, I yeah. felt like for like, yeah, the techno- technological stuff, the social media stuff, and also just like by Scream 4, the stab movies are yes. the Saw movies of like our yes. world and stuff like that. Yes. And so they're making fun of uh, a remake like uh, Hayden Panettiere has a long line where the killer asks about like a remake and she just lists. It must have gone <laughs> like, for two minutes. Like 50 movies. <laughs> every movie that's been remade between yes. then and Scream 1 yes. and... Uh, so they're they're kind of more taking jabs at like remake and reboot yeah. culture um, and uh, and torture porn a little bit I guess right with saw stuff right which I think is also it's also interesting because it's like that's how Scream would have gone yeah because that's how Saw went you know yeah. like that's how Scream would have gone Scream in the real world could have you know been seven of them it could have just gone into that and that's what they're coming so it's like stab in scream universe like starts out as just being that thing that we already saw and then it becomes saw exactly yeah. it's just so it's so funny um i actually i really like scream three <laughs> three is usually lower at the list but i've also seen it the most so what is that interesting say? yeah that, like the one i want to watch the most yeah is yeah. the one that i don't think's the best yeah i saw that there was like a thing where i read something where there was a discussion of emily mortimer being in on the killings in yeah. three mm-hmm. but then they didn't want to do the double killer again yeah, yeah. which i like and then i just see i love three too because carrie fisher's in there yeah <laughs> like I, I Scott the, Foley's in there. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I just think sometimes it's a little too, like, I don't think we need a Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I guess we should go back and do two first. Yes, uh, yes. But I also, we we can talk about, I could talk about Parker Posey and Scream 3. Don't, oh, my That's God. That's what it is. Parker Posey makes That's Scream 3. That's the thing. Parker Posey is is it. Yeah. Like, it's it. Oh, God. What are you, a reporter for Woodsboro? Hi. <laughs> It's also just great that Scott Foley, it's like Scott Foley got brought into mm-hmm. it like as he's doing Felicity, a yeah. show I also loved. Like, I'm just like, yeah, just bring everybody. Yeah. Like, this is great. And the meta-ness of that, like uh, Jenny McCarthy is like, yes. I'm candy. <laughs> I'm in two scenes. I die second. And that is her second scene. Yep. <laughs> and, and then she dies. And then she dies. I love when she says, I'm 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> um, going back for one quick second to uh, Mr. Wes Craven. So he did, uh, we already talked about The Last House on the Left. He did The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. He um, he did Nightmare on Elm Street. That's yeah. probably the big and one. How many times does Nightmare on Elm Street get referenced in Scream? Because it gets referenced at least a few. It get he the one of the like probably most meta would be. Yeah. He's like, is that where the guy has knives for fingers? And she's like, the first one was good. The rest sucked because <laughs> yes. Wes Craven only did the first one. Yes, uh, and from what I've seen. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And the rest, and the rest. The first one was good. Yeah. And I've never seen. I've seen two. I think I've never seen the rest of them. There's a scene where he makes a cameo as a school janitor dressed yes. as Freddy Krueger. Yes, yes. Which is <laughs> <laughs> really taking it to another level. Uh, I mean, it's I've great. never thought of that as weird until no. hearing it said. Me either. On this podcast, you know what else I never thought was weird? I saw a tweet recently that was like. <laughs> talking about in scream when they're all sitting together like at lunch uh-huh. and they're eating a bag of grapes <laughs> and the tweet was like yeah you know that's you know when you used to just sit with your bros like eating a bag of grapes <laughs> like, and then i watched the movie again and i was like wait what are they doing like some like, pa just had to run to crafty and be like what do i have what can they eat what can they eat i don't know scene? grapes and then like rose mcgowan is eating a grape like really sensually like from the side like the way no human would ever eat a grape and i was like this is the weirdest thing that I've never noticed. <laughs> is this at the fountain? Yes, at the when fountain. When they're already in like that tableau. Yes, 
Yes. Love in movies when nobody's yes. facing each other. No, right. it's like you can't actually have a conversation this way, but your leg looks really skinny. Like, yeah, a sure. nice horseshoe formation yes. so that everybody can lean back yes. and have their most, their best profile going. Uh, just imagine sitting with people like if we were doing this right now, but in a semicircle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, here's as far as like craven stuff goes. It's not just Nightmare on Elm Street, but basically, uh. In 94, he released Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and then New Nightmare had Freddy Krueger invade the set yes. of Craven's last movie. He was, that was very meta. I have seen New Nightmare. So not Scream, but prior to Scream, uh, he had already been doing the meta stuff. Do you think that if Scream had been directed by somebody else, that, like we said, it would be funnier, but do we feel like it would have worked? No. No. Not in a million years and I don't and it's I lightning th- in a bottle yeah. yeah and I think that um, the less Kevin Williamson was involved in the scripts also um, there's a dip in a little bit of quality in the movies I think I really like four and I do like I three do too. I really but like I think four. that the ones that Kevin Williamson fully wrote and they didn't change or you know bring someone else in are the best yeah ones. yeah because Craven directed uh, all th- the yeah. sequels right mm-hmm. so he did Scream 2 Scream 3 and Scream 4 mm-hmm. yeah right but Kevin Williamson only wrote the first one he wrote one and two, think, yeah. and then they kind of like, I think he outlined the third right. and they brought in And then they were just kind of like, yeah. eh. and then the fourth is written by somebody Honestly, else. I think the other guy they brought in might have written apt pupil. Now that we're- <laughs> <laughs> no, Arlington Road. He wrote Arlington Road. Uh, apt pupil. I just got to point out something real quick side tangent. Uh, thinking about other referential stuff, and mm-hmm. this it applies to the first movie plus all the other sequels, like... In that first one, we're really diving into slasher movies in the horror genre, specifically things like Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of stuff that not just what Craven directed, but like the Halloween movies, the, the whole, you know, a guy stalking you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how many other references did you guys like catch later as you watched more horror films? that they're referencing stuff from either the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, not just the 80s and early 90s? Or do you think it's just like, nah, it's just the 80s and they kind of just stuck to that and then maybe in a different movie they reference this or that? Or do you feel like they just went, no, we're just sticking to this decade, we're going to satirize this decade and that's it? Well, I mean, I think... I think having I think his cameo that we just talked about is very like Alfred Hitchcock, for instance, yeah. you know, Ooh, like good point. And then the whole psycho connection too. you know, like I think there's definitely some Hitchcock in there. Um, I don't know. I don't know anything else that I hadn't noticed. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't that, have an answer for that. I think that the scream is very much a love letter to the genre specifically of kind of the later 80s early 90s and any like um but i think that those movies were heavily referenced by the earlier movies so i think a lot of things that would have been that scream would be using from earlier movies were probably also used yeah it's like nesting dolls yes going up into scream you know like you're just collecting everything (laughs) that's a great visual yeah um yeah because it's like uh when we think about the stuff that does end up making it in, it's like, there's not that much that isn't like exactly 
on par with what this group of teens would have uh, already. Like, they, it's, there's isn't like a ton of like Dracula referencing. There's right. not a yes. lot of like Frankenstein references. Right. There's not like classic horror. There's not yeah. zombies. There's it's not the movies that stuff. they grew up watching. Right. It's at, the movies that they, right. And it's, it's their the movies, screams. It's the right. It's the movies that Randy would already know. <laughs> mm-hmm. to right. Like Halloween. Exactly. Which includes that scene where yeah. Jamie Kennedy says he's right behind yes. you. Yeah. And. Jamie Kennedy and Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, was that the same? Yeah, he's behind you, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, he's behind you. Exactly. Yep. Uh, So good. Very, very dumb. Little bit of so great. Little wink. Well, so great. And then in Scream Two, like they literally, they're sitting in a film class. Joshua Jackson is there, (laughs) Um, as he is in the favorite person. (laughs) He needed there. It was my favorite. It was in every contract. (laughs) If this is a movie by and for teens. Joshua Jackson has he to be in it. Has mm-hmm. to be there. Sorry, mm-hmm. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. We get into. I mean, it's great. Mm-hmm. But they're literally sitting in film class talking about sequels. Yeah. As we're living in the sequel of Scream. Oh, and in, you know, in three. Speaking of Randy, when they're trying to figure out the killer, one of the actors says it's probably some psycho fan who's pissed they killed Randy and stabbed <laughs> yeah. too. Yep. <laughs> so very. Yeah. It's almost. Yeah. I totally forgot one of Randy's rules. Apologies to Randy, aka Jamie Kennedy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> one of the rules is everyone is a suspect. Oh yeah. Yes. And how much does this come through in both the original and all the other movies? So constantly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think everybody's a suspect might be brought up as a sequel rule. I'm pretty sure he says it when they're at Baskin Robbins. Okay. And I could be yeah. wrong, and I'm not trying to make anybody look like they don't know their stuff, <laughs> but I feel like that's true because Dewey has a, a Baskin Robbins treat that he's using both a spoon and straw with, which <laughs> <Yes>. is always... <laughs> right. Which is always just stuck with me because you only need one of the two because it's either solid or liquid. No, I think that is... I think you're exactly right. I think it's there mm-hmm. when he's but like he, explaining yes. what you can expect now but he does say it in one he says it in one yes. at the video store yes. so he does say it in one but yes. yeah that's a huge part of it i mean that's it's a huge thing that's the fun of the movies is it can be anybody right yeah right and i think like that's even i think because yes i had a scream poster and i think like Same. the tagline on the poster i had said something like the clues are there are you smart enough to find them or something like it <laughs> really is like how it really is a, a true whodunit where like it could have been anybody yeah 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 because in subsequent rewatchings, like throughout my life of the first scream at least uh there is a definite like you've kind of forget the twist and then you're yeah. like mm-hmm. oh shit yeah and it's yeah. not it happens. and it's not somebody like there's a lot of horror movies i feel where like the mask comes off and it's like what who i but every scream movie i feel it's the always neighbor. been like okay yeah, yeah yeah exactly no it's always yeah. good it's, it's always, always good. a good reveal yes. every time that ha- oh man mm. it's always so fucking good you know in the in scream in the first scream there's like uh, a beat of like maybe it's the principal mm-hmm. who's henry winkler and stuff and then he he has a really good death in yeah. my opinion because he is the one where then you like go in and the the shadow of the vi- yeah. visual of ghost faces on his eye eyeball as he's dying yeah. um like it's it's always a good reveal of of the killer or killers and so even in two which is like such a random yeah. two is two might be my favorite <laughs> i <laughs> think go, that is what we're learning please go on <laughs> um i just feel that i mean the whole thing with the scream is the first scream is um is a very smart parody of of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I think Scream 2 does a really good job of parodying how horror movie sequels go a little bit bigger yes. than they need to, <laughs> yes. make a little bit bolder choices than maybe needed. Like, we've got a subplot of Sydney 
is a theater major and yes. we watch her rehearsal and she has a heart to heart with the director about how she's a born performer and can't quit the show and it's like what when why who, who's right. this Sydney well yeah where did you come from yeah. what are you talking mm-hmm. about and you get you get um two is two is great actually I see I always rank two as like further down mm-hmm. the list but I, did, I mean my list is always changing. it's always fluctuating it's just a heavy two year for yes me. but when I rewatched it I was like oh yeah two has some really good stuff in it because it it's it's also when we start seeing the stab movies show mm-hmm. up and yeah. then and then the first like kills are at the stab movies and, mm-hmm. and everything um which that one that always sticks with me is the fucking the knife in your ear yes I know that we talked before about how like scream might have been like do we think Scream is the first meta horror film? Because I argue it's not. My but I want to hear whether you guys what I, you guys think or not. I just assume it's not. It's just the first one I'm aware of. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'd say one of the biggest, the most important of its era. Mm-hmm. But yes. probably not the first movie to ever be like, hey, we're in a movie. Yeah, like yeah. wink. <laughs> yeah, because you got like Also, I'm looking at your computer <laughs> screen. So I know where this is going. <laughs> Well, something was brought to my attention that I went, oh, you're absolutely right, which is that like Rocky Horror Picture Show mm. is like really yeah. metal. Yeah, horror. yeah, yeah. It yeah, starts yeah. with a song about, hey, God, we're watching a movie. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got Fright Night also, which is yes. like a vampire send up. Yep. Uh, and then you have Demons. Which is kind of like gory meta mm-hmm. or meta gore. I don't know. I don't have a title for this. I don't have a phrase. But then, like, I don't know. One of at least one of the Friday Thirteenth movies mm-hmm. has got it. At least one. Yes. Once we get into these sequels, right. I feel like a lot of horror sequels right. then get a little bit right. more meta. There are. Um, I can think of some. Like, there's a uh, yeah. There's a Jason movie where Jason's not even the killer. It was like somebody replicating Jason. It's mm. the only one. It's like six or something like mm-hmm. that that I do know is known for being a little smarter and a little more in on it. Uh, Slumber Party Massacres like that too. Yeah, right. But I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that those are also a little bit more not Rocky Horror. I think that's satire. But I think like Fright Night and uh, those other ones. I think those are still more like doing being a parody of the conventions. Whereas yeah. Scream, I think, is. I mean, honestly, I just think Scream is smarter, and therefore is. we can say it's satire. Totally, yes. <laughs> totally, I, definitely. Also, I think I know what you did last summer. Also, plays into that. Yeah, yeah. like where it's just yeah. a smarter self-referential totally. movie. Yes. I can't fucking say that word. Self-referential. Self-referential. It hits on all my like list yeah. pinpoints, <laughs> trying to get every S and R correct. Here. And it is. It's sort of funny. I was thinking about this while watching Scream this year. Like, it's funny that Sarah Michelle Gellar got to be in both. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like I was like, how did they let this yeah. happen? <laughs> <laughs> She's in I Know What You Did Last Summer and Scream too. Yeah. <laughs> I do think Scream is probably the biggest meta horror. Yeah, and like I think the, so. the one that has left a mark, although I'll, be, I'll get to this later, but there are people that there's an argument to be made for it didn't leave a mark and or ruined horror. <laughs> I've heard I that I remember since it came out because there was a post Scream just explosion and I owned all of them on VHS <laughs> of those meta, um, they're all like it, it really was a boom of just teen slasher movies. Yeah. Uh, Halloween came back with H2O. That's right. Um, just like disturbing behavior, urban legend, all of those. Joshua Dis- Jackson was in, was in urban legend. Oh, man. Um, and I think, I don't, wouldn't say they ruined it. I mean, that's like, you know, I, I think... I think it reached like critical mass yeah. and like the teen slasher had its biggest moment. And then I don't think it's ruined. I think it's like, cool. Well, we did it. We, yeah. have, we have to move on because of this has been done. Right. right. And I think that's why the genre 
evolved yeah. and i think that's why you know that's what happens naturally with any genre probably you yeah. know like it's like oh, okay we we reach this boiling point and yeah. then it's like now we have to find something yeah. else like, i do. wouldn't say that it ruined the genre i would say anyone who says that is wrong yeah and just and they stupid. need to, yeah <laughs> and they need to be they need to you know how how could you still be doing the same like slasher movies 20 years later right right how scream ruined horror movies delete that tab don't even give them the time of day <laughs> who's no. what's their name i will call them out <laughs> i will have them on this podcast do you know either either this genre of slasher movies was going to die and not be in the 90s at all or scream was going to make fun of it this way and revive it right but, like there was no version of this where slasher movies as we knew them in the 80s were going to continue through the 90s and today is there anything else under horror or any other genre that's worth? Do you guys doing? remember there was a sitcom um, that uh, the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond was on called Till Death? Yes. And in the fourth season, one of the characters just out of nowhere um, became aware that he was on a sitcom. <laughs> What? It's insane. Yes. I did not know that. He just that. started like noticing that there was a laugh track wow. and transitions and stuff in the fourth season of this Fox show. And like, there's like an AV club article about it. And wow. really they were just like, nobody, nobody's watching. Nobody cared. We we're just like, <laughs> let's see what happens. No one cares about Brad Garrett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. I had no idea. I've never seen yeah. that show. That's so funny. Yeah. So it, it has been done. I, I also guess. love wow. that they did it in the fourth season, which yeah. means that there were three other seasons where like we're gonna Normal. adhere to these totally. rules and then we're now we're gonna fuck with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That kind of shit right there. <laughs> but I feel like if you do it, I feel like if you do that in horror now, it's sort of what I was talking about. Like I feel like a lot of horror now, even with us and get out and everything Ari Aster's doing, like it's like very it's like it's thinking like it's it's psychological Mm -hmm. it's about like these like deep big like big picture things you know it's about racism it's about like all this kind of stuff so i think you would you could go that way maybe like that could be what a a new horror of a new scream horror could be is like that sort of like like taking down jordan peele like no 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 no. not a parody i mean like like a, a new scream satire wise horror mm-hmm. you could do something with that sort of genre of like horror being this like psychological thing not mm-hmm. just like oh, slashers I and stuff see. like okay. scream is like scream is a commentary on slasher films right and so i think a scream of horror currently a, could be more of like the psychological like right a scream that is about psych thrillers yes yeah. so yeah. it's making fun of a midsummer or yeah. something like that yeah or pulling tropes from pulling tropes from that while also being that or you know hereditary exactly essentially the a24 (laughs) style of horror yeah actually really yeah okay just anything from a24 yeah uh, yeah, because it's interesting because like Get Out might be one of the best horror films of the decade, certainly yeah. if not like the last twenty years. Get Out's great. Before I, mean, I think of Scream and then Get Out, like yeah. the rest of in between. I'm sure people will argue with me because they'll say Saw or something like that, and I'll say too much blood. Nobody, yeah, yeah, nobody's coming Saw. for you to be pro Saw. <laughs> I don't think so. No- <laughs> I feel like certain horror films buffs might be but regardless something like get out is like a fantastic film yeah says so much that it's like you can't really parody that but you can satirize exactly the psych thriller aspects of yes. it of like we're all going to go to a location you've never been to mm-hmm. we can make fun of tropes like 
a, a this person whom you don't totally trust is going to have you do something that you're not entirely sure mm-hmm. about and what that's going to lead to and how that's going to get into your brain and you can't trust anything yeah. um, and is what you see the thing that's actually in front of you all that shit right like you know if if, if a character is saying something like oh yeah and I'm sure this has no effect on me mentally and then like is talking about how it has an effect on them mentally you know like and, right. it's like, and then they're like seeing whatever you know like I think that is where that's where you could go with meta horror I feel like all of like pretty much everything Courtney Cox says is like super yeah. super yeah pretty mm-hmm. much everything Randy said you know it's just like I really do love I love that I love the 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 talk of sequels the rule of sequels the rule of sequels in horror movies yeah. that Randy does in three we see him on videotape because he's died um, <laughs> uh, you know talking about trilogies and explaining okay if you're in a trilogy like this is what's and he's literally saying if you are in a trilogy if this is a trilogy yeah. expect stuff to come back from like the past and that's exactly what the whole plot of of scream three is scream three the whole plot you know which i think is interesting too because in scream two we have nev campbell being like a theater star yeah. in scream three we learn that her mom was like an actor and was like getting like raped i guess in like a very like by a very harvey weinstein guy which is another whole weird thing and um but that's really that's what scream 3 is about it's about her being abused by this this guy in power she has a son and he becomes this director and he's directing the the stab sequel and he's the one who's the killer in three you know and he ends up killing his dad like in the in the thing as he's like telling him he's his dad (laughs) um so it's and you know randy has explained that to us already in the movie like in in a trilogy you're gonna go back to stuff from the beginning and that's exactly what happens Mm -hmm. it's just such a very tightly woven thing you know and it's expanding its own universe which is very much about like i think the horror genre it's like uh what's the one with the dolls annabelle like Mm -hmm. the annabelle universe just one doll the the (laughs) the the anniverse is well it's part of the conjuring universe oh you're right i'm sorry you're right it is it's part of the controversy i apologize i apologize to our controversy fans out there (laughs) huge controversy following yeah and it's like even that it's like each movie expands on the mythology of that whole thing right if in just you know thinking about teens are just much savvier these days like because of the internet and so like social media like just ev- all teens are have so much information at their fingertips and you look at one and everybody kind of has to look to randy mm-hmm. to be like what do we do randy it's a horror movie what do we do <laughs> and scream two they still like and three they still kind of yeah. need randy and by four hayden panettiere kind of does that but also i feel like every teen is just yes. like this is what's going on it's a it's a parody like somebody has to explain oh that's probably another meta moment is when um uh, Courtney Cox says something like, I'm going to film the killer filming yeah. the this. What could be more meta than that? What does meta mean? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, she also has a few good lines about Jennifer Aniston throughout the, oh, yes. uh, yeah. throughout the thing. Oh, the nude yeah. photo, and she's like, well, it was my face in Jennifer Aniston's body. She's great in it. She's um, She plays Gail Weathers. She has wears amazing uh, skirt suit that's lime green um, yeah. sometimes. Uh, great. Great hair choices, always. (laughs) Solid hair choices, constantly. Great highlights in one. The streaks in two. Nice streaks. Those streaks. The bangs in three. Very 90s. Um, 
Parker Posey, as we were talking about, plays her in the movies in three. And so you get a lot of good stuff in three of just the two of them together. Yeah, that's the best part of it is just trying to like solve the case like together. And, you know, she's a little bit because she's an investigative journalist. So she's like, I'm solving these murders and stuff. You know, so that's what she keeps kind of coming back to. Like, I'm part of this, too. Like, well, that's another great meta moment is as um, Parker Posey um, is getting chased by the killer on the other side of the closet door. And she's like, you can't kill me. I'm the killer in Stab 3. (laughs) I'm the killer in the movie we're making. You can't kill the killer in the movie we're making. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and then in in Scream 4, the whole thing is Emma Roberts, who I always think it's weird that her character's last name is Roberts as well. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Her whole explanation for why she's the killer and why she's killing her cousin is like she had to go back and she had to make herself be Nev Campbell. Like she needs to make herself be Cindy. She was like, and she even says like, unfortunately my mom had to die like, cause you don't have a mom. Mm -hmm. So it's like, she had to kill her own mom to like, just yeah. make it line up and make their timelines line up and everything. Oh, and, and that scene when she's like running into everything. It's so good. It's so good. It's she's so scary. She's yeah. so scary she's in it. She's great at Unhinged. She was so good in it. And just her reveal, her mask yeah. reveal is so great. And then when she just, when she just kills Rory Culkin. Yeah. Like, he's like, they're gonna do like, the yeah. like, they're gonna do the, the thing from the end of Scream where they're stabbing each other in front of Nev Campbell. And so again, Nev Campbell is watching a killer be yeah. like, we're gonna stab each other and she just fucking stabs Roy Culkin right in the heart yeah. and he's like that isn't what we talked about yeah. <laughs> and then Instantly, just like the, the, the writers were just like look <laughs> we needed two killers so we could have a fake out with yep. Emma Roberts but yep. we didn't really want two killers so yep. but if a killer wasn't near Emma Roberts in a costume you'd all figure it out yep it's like sorry we gotta do this well, I need to watch four it's great four is so good yeah I watched four in theaters uh, with a very rowdy audience that uh, made it all the better. Yeah, four oh, yeah. is great. Oh, I mean, the opening of four is probably like yes. the most meta, weird, yes. like so weird. And uh, then when they're discussing it too, yeah, because she's like, "Well, wait a minute. <laughs> wait. That means that there's if there's time travel. Then, so you're saying that Saw Seven is really Saw Six. So what is Saw Eight? Like, I, I love that they just call it out. It's so funny. That's it's my, so great. Um, the third, those two girls, the ones that are not in movies. That's my friend Millie's cousin's house in Michigan. That oh was my, my god, yeah, my hometown. Speaking more about Gail, we've got uh between Gail and Sydney and the other women of Scream. I feel like Scream portrays women really really well but i wanted to get your take on sort of like how do you think the scream franchise uh does justice to strong female characters or doesn't or you know how do you feel about it i think it's interesting i think it's interesting just because all of nev campbell's character is like basically just dealing someone dealing with like horrible trauma so even in three like she's holed up in a in a house that like has some security even though the security isn't that great because you could just jump over the fence but whatever um she like closes a gate yeah. like a wooden gate and then it's like but i have a number code and i'm like i yeah. could climb not that. even a fence just like like i yeah. was like i don't understand you I wouldn't could... even have to climb it you would step over it. yeah like i'm like i can walk over this i don't get it um but she she works at like a crisis center Mm -hmm. so she works remotely from home like on a crisis center and literally like giving back to other people who are like in horrible situations in abusive relationships and stuff and so it's actually like i think it's interesting to me because like you're actually taking this trauma of living in a literal horror movie 
seriously in at face value and being like what would this do to a person man yeah. you'd be really fucked up like, like sure she had her like journey through theater in college yes. but like we're not watching her audition or like try to exactly. make it as a starlet or, exactly or you know the office like, right yeah. <laughs> right she's still uh reeling from the fact that her mom died right. uh when she was that young and then she lived through all that shit and, gonna, and then how to you know like the the lack of therapy involved so far it would seem for <laughs> yes. her like it would seem like the first thing she'd do is be like hi i'm going to college now and i'm going to talk to a counselor and yeah. she just doesn't yeah because i doesn't someone, scream too no one does, <laughs> no one does it in horror movies right wait does she go to therapy no. okay no no she does not in scream too okay. like she just goes to college like it's normal yeah, yeah. which is always weird but and then it's happening then. in college and it's like was was two a year after one yes so one year her mom's murdered the yeah. next year scream on the next that is like <laughs> and then she's like well guess i'm going to college now yeah. steve's just shaking his head speechless he's like oh just, shit yeah. it's happening again oh okay well it happened in college i guess i'll go live in the mountains and yeah. have this fence <laughs> uh what's your take as far as like the female characters go steve um no i agree i think that they're all i i think i can i can picture sarah michelle geller tossing a bike at the killer uh rose <laughs> mcgowan throwing beer bottles at the killer why do you guys think that scream holds up despite its 90s-ness like a lot of times i think we look at films and we love or hate the fact that they are like very mired in their particular time period but i feel like scream work specifically because it came out in the mid 90s and it just leans hard it leans hard into it's 1996 everybody and i think it works better because of that but i think a lot of times films don't necessarily work because of that i just yeah, want to hear what you guys think i think sometimes you're leaning into it in the wrong way like you're having everyone say like cowabunga brother yeah. like you know like and <laughs> they're trying to be like look we're of the time yeah, yeah like and they're not doing that they're not saying stupid catchphrases they're not saying stupid yeah. things that we said in the 90s like their clothing isn't like super crazy over the top like a character even though i do think that works in clueless yeah um and well then clueless does kind of go a little bit further clueless with it, goes yeah. further than the 90s yeah. was which i think is why that works yeah but like scream doesn't like two sides of the go that coin. crazy yeah. yeah you know it's just kind of like they're still wearing normal things it's not like they're like talking about like I don't know Nirvana or anything like they're not like talking about yeah. stuff from the 90s they're not referencing pop culture in that way that's true all the references are from earlier yeah and it's just horror I, movies I just think it's a good movie I think it withstands Agreed. in spite of the year it came out just yeah. because it's so good yeah if it would have come out you know in two, with 2000 technology or something we've seen Scream with cell phones it was still good they, they still figured out how to make that work right uh, the Craft is a movie that comes to uh, mind that's like the craft. of the time and fairly 90s, but I don't know that it holds up as well. Not just because I'm not sure that it's as good of a movie, but all, even though I really, really love it, it's also a movie that feels like, oh, it falls victim to a little bit of like its own 90s-ness yeah, in a I way. I think that's true. I love The Craft as well. But yeah, I think that's probably true. I think it's a little... Um, it's it's a little more intensely 90s. It also like it takes itself very seriously yes you know which yeah. i think is part of it yeah. and i think the the whole fun of scream is that it knows what it is and that's what the whole point of the movie is yeah exactly <clears throat> um thinking about like the, the we obviously made an argument against the idea that it's ruined horror because mm -hmm. we blame hollywood for that don't have that yeah um how do you feel about like scream leaving a mark do you feel like it it did or did not because there's an argument against it not leaving a mark 
Was it the same guy that said it ruined horror? Yeah, like, I don't, I mean, I just feel like it obviously has. I mean, <clears throat> on world history, maybe not. Yeah, no, but I mean, what movie sort of has? In the world of, of cinema? Yeah. yeah. In horror cinema? Yeah. I think absolutely. You couldn't teach a class on horror movies from 19-whatever till today and not include Scream and going meta and all that. Totally. I don't think you could have a horror class period without touching on that because I think it's so important to the genre and it's important to understanding like how horror works and like how where horror has come from and stuff. And if it wasn't relevant today, then why would MTV have chosen to make a bad TV show? Like there's been four movies. It's spanned decades. Mm I'm all of this negative energy is towards you, Nadia, for <laughs> introducing such an insane. I'm sorry. I I was trying to be a devil's advocate over here, <laughs> and I see I've hit a nerve. You know what, Steve? What's that, Nadia? I apologize for bringing in <laughs> anti-scream rhetoric into this pod. You know, I apologize. You know that yeah. I'm almost always open to differing opinions, just not in this case. Yeah, just not about this. No, we won't hear it. It is the perfect 90s horror movie that's great which is your favorite out of the four i know you were your rankings have varied over the years but i I think the first i think it's still the first one i really do when i when i did the rankings in my head when i rewatched this year i did it steve's not gonna like this i did it in my mind one four three two i i think that's fine (laughs) which i just I think there's just something to be said about four. I just, I have this very strong appreciation for four. I do too. And I think that we hold it to a different standard because a lot of people don't like it, but it's like, no, we're looking at one, two, and three with nostalgia. Yes. Four came out and we were fully formed adults and we learned how to watch movies and what's good. What else would you tell (laughs) anybody else who like maybe hasn't seen these films? Like, like your, your top absolute favorite moments from this franchise that are like, no, you have to understand that this is high art and here's why. I'd just be like, watch the first 10 minutes yeah. of the first movie and you'll either be like, oh, I know, I get it, I'm in. Or you can be like, oh, thank you, I'm going to get off the boat. Yeah, but I totally. think the opening, I think just right off the bat. Yeah, just watch that and see if yeah. you dig it. Just see if you like when Drew Barrymore just starts freaking yeah. out because she's like, leave me alone. And she's cooking Jiffy Pop for some reason. I was like, what? I didn't have that in the 90s. I've never, <laughs> like, I've never like, done that. What? She's wearing, what is she wearing? Like a white turtleneck yeah, it's situation? Like a, it's, a, it's a white, like, thick knit sweater. I yeah. used to have something that looked exactly like Yeah, that. it's very chunky. It is. It's it looks, very chunky. It's very fall. Yeah, it's good because it soaks up the blood. Exactly. Yeah. It's so you know. viscerally, yeah. like... And she's got that blonde wig on. It's yep. so, it it screams a Western society version of like good girl virgin. Yes. Oh, yeah. So that totally. when all that blood comes through, you're just like, no, how could you kill Drew Barrymore? <laughs> she was a little girl from E.T. Totally. And she's so totally. good in it. She's so good. That great. was her choice. They went to her to play the Nev Campbell part. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I want to do this. Yep. This is good. So like the whole heroine dying at the beginning that like became this trope after Scream was kind of like not even scream it was drew barrymore yeah. who set that into motion by being like look at this fun part that i only have to be on set for six days for are you kidding me? i don't have to be in 12 movies oh for like this is great and i'm gonna be the biggest face on the poster and yeah. I'm, i get the best scene okay 
Good for her. I say yeah. so. You know what? what? Given her past, I feel like Drew Barrymore has done very well for herself. She has a furniture line at Walmart. <laughs> she has, it's like makeup. Does she have a makeup line at some point? Or I think she did. Or I am I getting know. her and Jessica I can't Alba remember. Yeah, I can't um, remember. Like, forget she does her, a lot of stuff. Forget her filmography yeah. spanning decades. She has yeah. a furniture she line. She does a lot I'm of stuff. I'm just saying she has, she has done very well for herself in spite of all the horrors that come with being yes, a child actor. Yes, yeah, yes, for yes, sure. Yes. And I am very much on board the like yeah Drew Barrymore you get yours she's right. gonna have yeah. a talk show next year so is she? is she yeah good they just shut a pilot this summer oh good for her you know? see this is what I'm talking about she's you great. get yours Drew Barrymore she's great and you know she'll have a scream reunion oh uh, yeah that's good what do you want to see on that scream reunion Aaron I don't know <laughs> I, I never know what I want from reunions. Well, because I feel like it comes up because I talk about friends all the time. I don't know. I just like seeing people from stuff talk about it. You know, like I just I sort of just want to go to a panel at like a Comic-Con of them like talking about Scream. I want, I you want like an hour long or yeah. I want to yeah. know. I want to know things I don't already know. That's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. That's it. Like just like just cute stuff. Yeah. I don't know. You want to know what's their favorite scary movie? Exactly. I can't oh, do the voice. I know, but that's perfect out. <laughs> Aaron Marilyn Long, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thank you for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug at this time? No, you can just follow, follow me on Twitter. Follow me wherever at Aaron Marilyn Long. All right. All right. Cool. I don't have. <laughs> help me with the scream voice. I can never do it. It's like it's it's. Too What's deep. your favorite? No, I can't do it. Either. What's your favorite? Sc- What's your? No, I, don't, I can't do voices. What's your favorite? What's scary your favorite? Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod or on Twitter at WhyDoYouKnowPod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime.